If then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. This is the word of the Lord. You may now be seated, family. Thank you. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we have the the joyous, the beautiful opportunity to give you glory this morning. And uh, we thank you for everything that you've used to bring you honor and attention. Whether it was the kids writing prayer requests or whether it was uh, songs, we pray, God, that this this time of uh, teaching and learning would bring you joy as well. Please take control of of my mouth uh, so that your name may be proclaimed. Please take control of the minds and hearts of of the body uh, so that they may hear clearly. We love you, Jesus. Uh, And it's in your name we pray. Amen. My family is one where uh, I was blessed to have a biological dad. He and my mom split up when I was about four. Uh, My stepdad came into my life when I was about six. And uh, both my biological dad and my stepdad are my dads. But my mom, she ran the show. Like, mom, she was the one that determined the rules. Mom set boundaries. And mom used to have this saying, and it was, whose are you? It was, it was a saying that just would check us as to, wait a minute, there's certain things that I do as a child of my mom. So, for instance, we would go out to the grocery store. And the grocery store to my mom is a place where you get grub, but it's also one of the dirtiest places. So, as a child of my mom, you didn't lie on the floor in the grocery store. You didn't even touch the floor in the grocery store. She'd say, boy, what are you doing? Whose kid are you? You, you, don't, you don't do this. Or, or if I was to begin to talk back and have an attitude and, and say something that was uh, smart aleck, she would stop and give me the look of, what did you do with Leon? Because <laughs> my, do, my son doesn't do that. Boy, do you know who you are? You're my child, and you behave in a way that shows me respect at all times. 
Today, as we get into the text, as we begin to dive into Colossians 3, the question I want you to continue to ask is, whose are you? Paul is going to help us understand by, by us answering that question. It helps us know how to live out our lives. But if at times you still wrestle with whose you are, it, it, it will definitely cause you to live in ways that don't reflect who God is. So if you will, please turn with me to, to Colossians chapter 3. And we're going to jump right into the scriptures. And if you need a Bible, one of the homies will hook you up. Um, Josh, if you can, if somebody needs a Bible, would you mind passing them out? Or Mike has got it. Thank you. So we jump in right at verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ. Now, Paul jumps in saying, hey, I'm going to build on something that I was talking about before. The end of chapter two, I was helping you guys get legalism It's crazy. It's totally against the gospel. It says that, man, you can you can fast enough to work God's hand or you can, you know, use certain practices to get certain results. That's not the gospel. We don't believe in a God that you can pay and then he, you can work his hand. God is in control of everything. So we bring him joy by just being who he's created us to be, his worshipers. But one of the big acts that marks the difference between a believer and a non-believer is that of baptism. And so in chapter 2, verse 20, he says, hey, if with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, he's referencing their baptism. He's saying, hey, Jesus died. He died for your sins. He died, conquered death, and rose. That is a reality. That happened. So every time baptism happens, it's each believer saying, hey, I identify with that reality. It's, a, it's a, 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 an outward expression of an inward transformation. And so in the beginning of verse 3, he says, hey, and basically in, in 20, I talked about the death. Now here in 1, I'm going to talk about the resurrection. Yeah, yeah, the, the death, going down in water, being old, coming up out of the water, new. Now let's focus on the new you. Because the old you might have been might have been duped into trying to live a legalistic lifestyle. Let me tell you about the freedom you have and the joy you have in this new creation. So his focus here is baptism. But then he says, seek the things that are above. Seek the things that are above. Because now you are you are coming out. As a resurrected Leon, you're a new person. You came out of that water. Ooh, let's pause for a second. How y'all doing? Y'all looking cold. I'm seeing some people teeth chattering. Sister just put on her coat and a scarf. She like, <laughs> man. But 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 family, like, I, I want us to to make sure we get a, a small point that I don't I don't. Uh, I'm messing up. Hold on. Let me go backwards. When you've been raised with Christ, there is a new you. 
I'm not the old Leon. You're not the old Frank. You're not the old Joy. We are new people coming out. So if, if we're new, we live in light of a, of a new order. We live in light of a new reality. So that new reality is the reality of God and things that are, that are of God. The ESV, which is the, which is the version of the Bible that we use pretty often, says, seek the things that are above. The NIV says, set your heart on things that are above. There's a, there's six different versions that that translate this word seek. And basically it's trying to get to a concept of, hey, like you've got to be actively going after this thing. But what you're going after is is what gives you all of life, your heart, your heart moves blood to every area of your being. Those things that 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 flow into every area of who you are, that should be God. That should be God-like. That should be the things that give God joy, the things that give God pleasure, the things that God is passionate about should now be what you are passionate about. A brother said it like this. He said, um, you know, I, I used to be about getting. Now I'm about giving. I used to be about Repaying with, ven- with you know, vengeance, avenging when people have wronged me. Now I am about forgiving. You see the difference in, in God's focus? I, I used to be about leading and being the person out front. Now I'm about serving. Might be the person behind the scenes. There's a, there's a different passion that Christ has, and we are to take on those passions. We are to take on those aims. So we are to set our hearts on things above. I did a, a quick Google search and uh, just put in seek in the Google, just see what came up. And make sure you have filters on because y'all know Google will give you everything, all right? But I put I put seek in there and this 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 image was one of the first things that came up and it really describes this term of like consistently going after something with passion. Searching to uncover. It's as if God is saying, hey, I'm fully here, but you've got to continue, continue to pursue me. And we, we know what that experience is like. Like, I mean, even in, even in relationships of just boyfriend and girlfriend, like, if a person begins to stop pursuing the other, doesn't the relationship get a bit stale? Don't things begin to d- die off a bit? That's a boyfriend-girlfriend. Imagine a marriage where you're with that person forever. <laughs> and they just like, I quit. <laughs> Not pursuing you anymore. Date night, mm-mm, ain't happening. You know, like, can, we are to constantly be seeking out the joy of who God is, seeking out his passions. What, what are his, what's his heartbeat? Is ours like that? But then uh, the, another image that came up was one of this book by this lady named Sherry Huber, and she focuses on, like, Zen, which is connected to Buddhism, and it's, it's kind of, um, basically, that whole philosophy is one where, ultimately, 
you are enlightened when you feel nothing. So this title, that which you are seeking is causing you to seek. She would say, just simply stop seeking all things and you will arrive. But that takes seeking. <laughs> you got to seek to stop. I, I love the title, though, because it, it's, it, I think it's so fitting that, that, that we have idols in our life that do draw us, that, that do pull us in. Ask, ask a professional in any regard. Ask a professional pianist. Have you arrived yet? Could be the best in the world and they would still say, no, I've got more practice to do. You know, ask, ask a person that's even, even LeBron James, ask a great athlete still out there practicing jumpers. Why? Because we're not, we're not fully filled in anything. We never feel like we arrive. That which we seek, we have to keep on seeking. Unless it's God. And the beauty of God is that he's not saying, hey, I'm just going to keep giving you a little bit of me. He says, I'm going to give you fully all of me when you seek me. But guess what? You're going to find joy as you continue to bring me joy. So now you're not seeking to get. Now I'm continuing to seek God because of all that I've received. And I just get to delight in who you are. And I want to do that more. This isn't a seeking out of outage as a Christian. It's a seeking out of abundance. Very different from that of the world. If then you've been raised with Christ. Then you've been raised with Christ. Seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. The right hand of God, this place of, of victory, this place of, of, of all authority, all reign, all triumph. You know, I, I, my, um, my family and I, we went to, to check out the parade on Thursday, the Thanksgiving Day parade. And it was, it was a cool time because we were able to see the floats go down and my kids were having a lot of fun. And, uh, and while I was there, like, God just gave me this, this clear illustration. And you guys can't see, but, like, so, so while we're there, there's a float going by. And one of the floats is one of the Detroit Tigers. And there's a mascot for the Tigers, mascot for the Lions. And they're just going crazy, like, yeah, getting everybody excited. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a fun time. And beneath the float is a guy that you never see. It's the guy who drives the float. And, it, and right there is where, like, the, the small window that that person gets to see. And God was saying to me, like, Leon, imagine if the Tigers won the World Series. Imagine if we won. And the dude driving the float didn't watch the game. Everybody's celebrating Everybody's rejoicing. The whole town and city is there praising. And this dude is watching the game on his iPhone while driving, getting anxious. Uh-oh, he, mi- he missed a bunt. What's going to happen next? He, 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 he's not able to fully enjoy the victory won because he's still caught up in the game. 
man, how how often do we as individuals forget that Jesus has accomplished all things, is victorious, has already won, sitting at the right hand of the Father, but yet we go around life anxious, still worried, still with a limited tunnel vision, still overwhelmed. And he's trying to say to you, don't you don't you feel us jumping on your head? We won. Don't you feel the whole float moving? Victory is in Christ. I conquered death for you. I rose through baptism. You get to show the world you rose with me. This is a new reality. Will you see it as such? Whose are you? Are you one that still thinks that 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 you're bound by the ways of this world? Or are you one that says, no, (laughs) Jesus rose. I rose with him. I'm I'm in him. Therefore, I'm victorious now. I know it's tough to say, well, Leon, like that. I hear what you're saying mentally, but what I experience is sometimes different. And we're going to talk about that. That's coming up. That's coming up later. So if you will, just hang on to that piece for me. I'm going to move. Set your minds on things above. So so before we had a chance to talk about heart, the the the. Our being now having the aims and the values of that of God. But when Paul moves here, he's trying to get you to realize that it's not enough just to think of like God general. Hey, I just want to be I just want to have your heart, God. I just want to be like you. That, that's good. That's cool. But we need to we need to allow our minds to be active, to be intentional, to to be willing to plan. So he's given us the mind so that we can be intelligent beings who can say, wow, Lord, your heart is for justice. I can make a plan to get towards advancing justice. He he never wants a believer to think that you have to choose between what your heart desires and what your mind desires. They should be aligned. So not only should you be a person who says, hey, you know what? I want to, uh, I want to, I want to, um, I want to be a student that gets good grades. Do you study? Do, do you set aside time to, to, to study and prepare for exams? I want to be a dad that that builds up my kids character and sees them grow in Christ. Well, do do you plan times where you want to intentionally set them aside to grow them in the faith? So you can you can have a good heart desire. But if you don't plan, if you don't if you don't seek, if you don't ask God, how do I carry this thing out? It's just going to continue to be a good idea. Yep, Jesus, I know you love that thing. And I'll, I'll be the first to say, like, I've fallen in many ways in this realm. Because I've I haven't had a whole lot of coaching. I didn't see a lot of godly men living things out. 
And so I so I, I was cool with just knowing that it was God's heart. But I didn't take the necessary steps to say, OK, what does it look like to wash my wife in the word? What does that mean? OK, hours to study it, learn it, try it, practice it out. Doesn't work. OK, practice something different. You know, what does it look like to to see my kids learn scripture? Oh, wow. That never happened to me. OK, I guess we just start with one. Where? I don't know. Let's plan. Pick one. OK, let's start learning the first phrase like that doesn't work. OK, let's act it out. I mean, fam, th- these these are small things, but it matters greatly. Because you are you are a new person in Christ. So just just just. Create a plan, execute it for the kingdom. Set your minds on things above. It's not it's not the, the goal here is not one of works. The hope is that you wouldn't feel like, man, oh, I just got to do more stuff. Not at all. But he's made you into a new being. Now refine that being by making plans to, to bring God glory. For you have been for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. This one is one that um, is is pretty tough sometimes for Christians to accept because I, mean, I know the, the, the perspective of, hey, like they will know us by our fruit and like, hey, every Christian, like you can tell by the, the service and the works. But the reality is like none of us actually know for certain who in here is a believer and who isn't. I can I can guess pretty much, but that's something that God knows. And to be honest, like if you look in second second Corinthians three, basically like we don't even know what God's doing fully in our heart. The beauty is that we get to look back and see, oh, wow, Lord, you made a great change in me. But man, like God is doing a transformation. There's a process of sanctification where he is daily making you look more and more like him. And that's that that isn't something that just everyone gets to see. That happens. That That's a heart transformation that happens. And later there's an expression that people get to benefit from. But oftentimes that happens alone. That happens internally. So we we there's a hidden process of sanctification going on. But there's also a a hidden part of the community of Christ that man like we we delight for the world to experience. But if you don't love Jesus, there's just something about Christ like community you don't get. Why Why are they so nice to each other? Always giving stuff to each other. What's wrong with them? They watch each other's kids. Girl, I wouldn't let nobody watch my kids unless they was family. You know, there, there, there's, there's ways that, that we conduct ourselves in loving one another that's contrary to the way that the world operates. John is, is, writes down a prayer that Christ gives. And Christ says this, 
as he's talking to the father, he says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That they may all be one, just as you, father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. It's this mystery that, man, like. We are in Christ, in God, in a way that we we just can't even fully understand. It's like fully understanding how Jesus is totally in God, yet totally Jesus. There's a mystery behind how we're woven into the fabric of who God is. And all I'm saying, family, is that that. We've got to be reminded of who we are, reminded of that reality, that we are a part of the living God. So when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Can somebody um, turn to Colossians 1, verses 16 and 17 and uh, read that aloud for us? Because the... It's a a call here to say, wait a minute, Christ is your life. Like, like, let me not get ahead of myself. Big Matt. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. With our thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. All right, so if, if all things were created through him, for him, and it all holds together by him. Shouldn't you give your life to him? Would you, would you say that he's worthy of being your life? If all of creation, I'm talking about the beautiful eyes of your child, the, the kind word that you received when you were six and you still remember the way that grandma encouraged you that one time. The, the, the love that you have even for your kid, for your mate, the love that you even have for God, that exists because of Christ. You wouldn't know love if there was no Christ. That's all held together by him. And he's saying, hey, can I be what, what your life is about? Much of the way that we describe the, the musician and we say, man, like he's about his music. Or she's about her video production or or he's about his sports. Like his life is sports. That brother lives, breathes and eats sports. Will we can I say that about the Christian? Can I say that about you? Will you be able to say that about me? Man, at the end of the day. I know that sister good at a whole bunch of stuff, but she loved Jesus. (laughs) Man, that, that dude, he's a great communicator, awesome at work. Man, that brother, he, he has sales numbers that's out of this world. But his life isn't work. <laughs> his life is Jesus. What does it take for someone to say that about you? How, does, how do we get to being a people where that's the truth about us? You will also appear with him in glory. So so Jesus 
dies for you. He says, man, I'm resurrecting. I'm going, I'm, I'm going to be with the Father. He is spiritually with God, fully sitting at the right hand and says, hey, you're with me. That has happened in the spiritual realm at the cross. It's done. It has fully happened right now in heaven. You can just imagine the, 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 there's a party going on. But there will be a day where that heavenly reality bursts through into this earthly reality. And that day will come and, and, and you will know every single believer, you will know them. Why? Because they will represent Jesus in a way, actually in a way that we do pretty well here in the hood. Last, uh, last summer, we had, um, we had Sarah and Alex's wedding over at Belle Isle. And I don't remember what the holiday was, but it was a holiday where there were about six family reunions going on. And the family reunion is different than just a regular party for one thing and one thing only. Because you can have a big barbecue with all the family, but the family reunion, got to get the T-shirt. Got to get the T-shirt. And on this day, Big Marv, you saw 400 people with red T-shirts. And what was cool was that a person's name doesn't even matter on that day. Me and Joy, my, my white sister there, if she got on a red shirt, that's Cousin Joy. You know what I'm saying? We just, we just are family. And the, and, and the beauty is that all resembled one. Family, there's a day coming when Jesus will return, break through to this earthly world, and every single person that loves him will shine a radiant beauty that only Jesus presents. It's in you now, but the world cannot experience it fully yet. So it's a struggle because you are shining, but yet there's a dark world. So I encourage you, continue to take that light forth. But man, I know it's a battle. Macab, we know it's a battle. But he gives us strength to keep fighting. I can't wait to that day when all will appear with him. So can, can, we, can we pause and go back a sec? If, if Christ is resurrected, says, you are with me. I want your heart set on my things. I want your mind to be about achieving those things. You have died and I've and, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. There is a, an intimacy that you experience in me that is like none other. And because of this reality, I want your whole life. And there will be a day when I come back, set all things right, rid this world of any evil, and my chosen ones will reflect me. So do you realize what he has done for you and who you are 
in in him now. <laughs> Who you are in him. So, so now we, we begin to, to go through some verses that really, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to go through all the verses. Because the question that you can ask is, man, am I living in light of my new self, who Christ has made me to be, or am I living in light of my old self? Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. I've, I've, I've got to help you guys see this one point before we go into before we go into the differences between the new and the old. And it's basically this concept of putting to death. It's it's the goal of saying, man, there needs to be an urgent response because this behavior, this heart, this lifestyle is leading to death. This, it's not a it's not you get time to consider it's not a let me work it out for myself and find out. It, it's an image of, of you driving in the car with a friend. You're in the passenger seat. This person is texting while driving. You look up. You see that the bridge is out 300 feet away. You say, stop the car. Now, what Paul is saying is the driver is a fool if they say, what do you mean, my friend? Why should I stop? Hey, this is my jam on. Stop. What you talking about? No, hit the brakes. You don't need to understand the details. This this term is actually it actually describes of 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 purging yourself without full understanding. Why? Because death is coming up and the fool is the one who says, I need to experience it first before I can live it out. The fool is the one who says, hey, I'm strong enough that whatever the consequence is, I can take it. Then I can learn from it and apply it later. He's saying then you don't get the concept of death and you don't get the concept of a holy God who wants to lead you and knows what's best for you. So put it to death. You can understand later. Obey now. And that's that's what leads us into these next verses that come up. Excuse me. In verses five through nine, a you get a a number of things. And Paul's goal isn't to say, hey, let me talk about every component where you can sin. That's not his goal, because because we can always it's not an exhaustive list. The goal is to help you get these are some ways that you can live out. Your old flesh or your new? A couple quick questions on the old. Sexual immorality. You see, sexual immorality is one of those things where God has created sex just like he creates every other desire to bring him glory. To bring him joy. It has a great, a good intention. Sin enters the world when and, and enters the picture with sex and any other thing, when we begin to use something for a different purpose than God created it. So any time we take something and say, oh, I know, you, I know you made it for this, God, but I'll use it for this. Even if a man thinks it's good. So let's say, let's say sex. Let's say two people have been together for seven years in a relationship. 
morally, the world would say, man, they've been together long enough. They should just they should go ahead and have sex. They are committed. They've shown that they're not going anywhere. Well, well, we don't base our actions on moral principles, even if it looks good. Because, again, that could lead to death. (laughs) No, that does lead to death. Even good looking things. We are called to use all things that God has created in the manner by which he created them. So so I'm, I'm going to hit a few quick ones because we can't go through all of them. We don't have time for that. But but lies, lies is, is one of those things that destroys Christian community. And actually all of these do. But lies destroy Christian community. And Macav, hear me here. We struggle with lies not in a malicious way, which is one of the things mentioned later. We don't go around saying, hey, let me let me tell you what Johnny did. And that brother is, you know, we don't we don't try to defame and slander one another's name. What we do suffer from at time, though, is a case of the OKs. You know, somebody, the, the husband goes to the wife and says, hey, babe, like, I know I brought up something that you weren't expecting. Um, just want to know how you're doing with that. And she says, uh. I'm okay. Or 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 in Mac group, somebody says, hey, man, like I know the group was kind of challenging you on a couple of things. How you doing with that? Mm, I'm okay. You ain't okay. Quit lying. That's what we do. We're lying when we say that. All right. Like look, we're going we're gonna to call it what it is. And it destroys the fabric of the body. Why? Because Christ is built on a foundation of truth and trust. And so when we minimize the truth, when we try to water it down a little bit, no, you're hurting inside. And the person asked because they want to know. And they need to get rebuked. They need to be encouraged, whatever. Let's let it play out. But the, but the OKs can destroy us in relationships, in community. Filthy language, that, that, the, the first thing you can begin to think of is cursing. He doesn't even have cursing in mind. What he has in mind, he says, God gave you a tongue to edify and build up. If you're not doing that, then it's filthy language. So now what falls in that category? You got a lot of stuff, <laughs> a lot of per- a lot of people that don't curse, but boy, they swift with the tongue. So now you look at you look at the old self and you say, man, whose are you? Do those things reflect? Do those things reflect who you are? Are you a person that 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 not just jumps out in fits of rage but are you just constantly angry? Nothing's really fun. You don't really, you don't really experience joy. Most of the time, like, when you walk in a place, there's always something missing. Damn, they're giving free pizza. They don't have no Kool-Aid. Got no napkins. I need a napkin. Where the napkins at? You know, like, is it? Is that how your anger flows? You don't have to just go crazy. 
but you can be discontent. But there's a new self, family. There's a new self. It says you're being renewed. I want you guys to spend some time looking at those verses. But he's saying being renewed. Why? Because as you keep seeking, God keeps responding. You keep seeking, he keeps responding. He's creating a new image, a new person. He's making you into a beautiful representation of him. So now as you seek him, guess what? You learn more about him. Knowledge isn't simply like information, it's understanding. It's a response of intimacy. So now, now my father responds in a way where, wow, I know more of him. I look more like him. I resemble him. I've got, I've got to hit this unity piece real quick and then we're going to be out of here. Because... In verse 11, he says, here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free. And even if you don't know what a Scythian is or a barbarian, you can see that he's setting up opposites. You can see that, man, if if they were circumcised and they thought they had everything, we've got the we've got ownership on God. The uncircumcised don't know him at all. He's saying, we're going to cut all that. In Christ is where you find your being, not in your circumcision. Barbarian, Scythian. Oh, okay. You know, it's not your culture. It's not it's not your hood. It's not your it's not your people. It is it is Christ. It's not whether you own, whether you work, whether you're at home, stay at home, mom, professional woman. None of that is what allows you to have greater experience in Christ. Have a have stake on who God is. Christ and Christ only. So now if he says this is the reality, this is what cuts across any moral, any worldly norms. Christ cuts across it. And this is the reality of the prayer that he prayed that we referenced earlier. John 17, 20. We we spoke about in 21 that they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Then notice these verses. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. Do you see that? Do you see the the beautiful work of the cross? He's like, hey, man, this is who you are. You are mine. Cut the old. That's not you anymore. But the fruit of your newness is that you've got a new brotherhood. There's a new community. There's a new oneness. And it might not be with the people who you used to roll with in your old ways. There's a new family. Who are going to be beautifully radiant just as I am when I come back and return fully. I in them and you in me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me 
and love them even as you love me. Fam, I want to leave you with a few questions. Are your heart and mind aligned? Do you just say, God wants me to be loving? And nobody knows what that means. God wants me to be more patient with my children. And you don't have the slightest idea what you're going to try to do. Let us, let us pursue these things, seek these things passionately in Christ. Do you consider all things in light of eternity? I know the illustration wasn't perfect. But, but don't, don't be that guy in the parade that, that misses out on life because they can't see that we are victorious. If when you are victorious, you measure everything according to eternity. So my relationship, my job, my finances, where I'm going to live, even how I'm going to treat my kids. Like I'm, I'm realizing more and more, man, and it, it hurts because my heart is wicked. Like I get frustrated with my kids and I'm like, wow. Lord, I want to point them towards you. Am I doing that when I respond in such frustration? And the beauty for you parents so that you don't beat each other up is that Christ says yes when you go to your kid who's four and ask for forgiveness. <laughs> when, when, you, when you model the cross to them even at this early age. Do you consider all things in light of eternity? Do you realize what he has done for you and who you are in him? Family, will you pray with me? As the the brothers for tithe, uh, go ahead and get ready.